Indiana women's basketball has certainly gone global. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Thursday, July 21st. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Indiana women's basketball has taken a lot of steps forward in recent years. Most recently, one of them that they have taken, they've gone global. They have a number of recruits coming in uh, this season, next season, that are from around the world. And the result of that is when the when FIBA has the uh, U-20 European Championships, three different Hoosiers took part in that. Uh, it finished up last week. I think actually early this week. And not only did three different Hoosiers take part in it, they had some big performances. These were some standout games. The tournament went from the 8th through the 16th. Um, now, as a team, nobody really... Um, nobody, I don't want to say accomplished anything, but Serbia and Finland were the two teams uh, in the... Egg division that IU uh, had representation on. Serbia finished eighth. Finland finished ninth. Um, in the B division, uh, Israel was the team that had representation. They finished third, but it was the B division. Let's take a look at some of the individual performers. Start off with Henna Sandvik uh, from Finland, who. Um, had a strong tournament. Honestly, all three girls had strong tournaments. Um, and Henna finished with 13.1 points and 8.7 rebounds across the seven games she played uh, for the Hoosiers, or excuse me, for Finland, the future Hoosier. Uh, big performances from her. Uh, in a number of games, she scored in double figures in every single game, had a 15.14 rebound game against Ireland uh, in the knockout rounds. Uh, the format is you play three group games and then you play not necessarily knockout games. I guess it's just kind of um, placing games, basically. Uh, so in this one, Finland lost to Hungary. In their first game, they kind of go to the loser's bracket to figure out their final positioning. Uh, so against Ireland, uh, the Sandvik had 15 points, 14 rebounds. Had a double-double in the final game as well against Latvia. 13 points and 10 rebounds. She ends up shooting 50% from the field, 36 of 72. Uh, 10 of 31 from the three-point line. That comes despite... Um, she didn't finish strong, but uh, she had a couple big or decent performances. Uh, she had an 0-4 performance in that Ireland game from three. The rest of the way, she was a pretty strong shooter. So you take out 
Um, that one 0 of 4 shooting in the rest of the tournament, she shot 37%, which you'll absolutely take if you're Indiana for how much they struggled uh, shooting the ball last season from range. So uh, she had a big showing. Mona Zaric for Serbia, the power forward. Now this is uh, interesting uh, because she had an up and down tournament. Uh, but finishes scoring 20 points uh, in a game against Ireland. Again, uh, Ireland is uh, the game everybody kind of took their uh, took their blows against, uh, I, I suppose. But she averages 8.3 points, 2.9 rebounds per game uh, in the seven games she played. She shoots 42% from the field. 25% from the three-point line, only attempted 23s, uh, made five of them, really struggled shooting the ball, so I don't know that that's going to be part of her game at IU. Uh, the 20-point game was one of only two games that she had double figures, had 11 points against Hungary, uh, and as I said, they end up finishing uh, in uh, eighth, does Serbia, so... Um, not quite as strong of a showing for her, but still nice to see this representation for Indiana. The last one, Yarden Garzon, a forward for Israel. So this comes with a caveat. She was obviously in the B division, uh, kind of the lesser division or division B, I should say, uh, for the Euro. So it wasn't against the top tier talent. But Garzon had one hell of a tournament. Uh, in seven games, averages 20 points, 7.3 rebounds, 3.8 assists, 2.7 steals, uh, half a block a game, scored at least seven or 16 points in every game, had two 20-point games, scored 26 against Greece, uh, scored 25 with 14 rebounds in the third-place game, against Slovenia uh, to secure third place for Israel. Uh, she shoots 53% from the field, 45.2% from the three-point line. That comes despite going two of seven in her final showing. Uh, so she was lights out from the three-point line this tournament. Um, only had the one double-double in the third place game. Uh, but what a strong, strong showing from her. Had at least two steals. And uh, she only played six games. Five of the six games, she had two steals. So uh, that is someone that, very intriguing, could step in and, and contribute. Listed at six foot on the FIBA website um, at age 18. Again, hard to really get a sense of, of how these players are going to fit in at IU. But look, I would love I love that they're playing against international competition. They're playing these games and they're they're excelling. That's what uh, you want to see. It's fun to see IU uh, athletes excelling on the international stage. So more talent being added to the IU program. Could be a, an interesting and a deep team uh, this upcoming season. We talked about uh, who their Big Ten ACC challenge opponent is in Wednesday's show. Uh, that was 
was UNC or that will be UNC. Uh, no full schedule yet. I did see NC State release their full schedule, so it might be something. I know IU and NC State aren't necessarily related, but schedules are coming out. So IU might be releasing theirs, and when they do, we will take a deep dive into that. As I said yesterday, we don't know hardly anything about IU schedule. So once that comes out, we will dive into it. Let's talk some football. Uh, there's a, a handful of football news to catch up on, including confirmation that Donovan McCauley is going to be playing wide receiver next season. We'll dive into his decision-making and what that might mean for the Hoosiers this season. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You guys have probably already tried out the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. If you haven't, you're missing out. But instead of trying out the Built Bar itself, try out the new puffs that they have just released. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love is now in a delicious, chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. They're only here for a limited time. Uh, just like everything else Built does, you're looking at low calories, low sugar, high protein, and delicious. Made with those collagen proteins, which your body absorbs more efficiently. The best part is that they taste amazing. You can enjoy them guilt-free, uh, covered in that 100% real chocolate. They are the perfect treat. They're delicious. Uh, it's a rich, sweet brownie, uh, creamy marshmallow. Guys, just stop fantasizing about it. Go to Built.com right now and order your box of Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Puffs. Once you get that added to your cart, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your total order over at Built.com. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Uh, starting this week, Locked On began giving you guys the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at bet online. Uh, it started on Monday. You guys can be sure to check that out. The lists have been going up daily. I saw some discussion on uh, Wednesday's list on the timeline on Wednesday. So you guys can go check that out, get into that conversation, listen to it at locked on NFL, wherever you get podcasts also available on YouTube. We're also available on YouTube. Be sure you guys subscribe to us over at Locked On Hoosiers. Thanks again, guys, for making us your first listen every day. In case you missed it yesterday, we are going to be at Big Ten Media Day next week, uh, probably on Monday's show. We'll kind of preview Big Ten Media Day, what uh, we expect to be asked of Tom Allen, Cam Jones, Taiwan Mullen, A.J. Barner are going to be the athletes there for the Hoosiers. We'll have all the coverage of that next week. Speaking of the football team, interesting move this offseason, one we had talked about previously. It was kind of a rumored move, but Tom Allen effectively, not even effectively, he confirmed it. Donovan McCauley is going to be a wide receiver moving forward. Kind of came about in a roundabout way. Tom Allen's been having meetings with each position group at his house and posting a photo with the position groups after each meeting. Well, when he got to the wide receivers, everybody was going to be looking and Donovan McCauley was in there. Tom Allen spoke to the Indy star about the decision. Very interestingly, this move was McCauley's idea, not 
the coaching staff or anybody else's. Uh, McCauley's had an interest in the position. Um, Allen said as much in the Indy Star. Um, McCauley also believed it'd be the his quickest path to playing time this season, with there being extensive competition at quarterback between Baselick and a healthy Jack Tuttle. That part isn't a shocker. Um, I mean, McCauley at best was going to be third string. And with Baselick and Tuttle kind of getting the chance to fight for the starting position, McCauley was a distant third, I thought, coming into uh, fall camp. And so switching his position makes sense if he wants to get on the field right away. That's something Tom Allen talked about. He said he was thrilled with the move, uh, with McCauley's length, athleticism, and skill set. Gives him the opportunity to make an immediate impact. And those last two words are really interesting. An immediate impact. Because we know that the wide receiver core last year was um, really bad. I was trying to think of a nicer way of saying that. They were really bad last year. As was generally the entire offense. Everybody left. There is a wide, wide, wide open competition. And if McCauley's coming in to try to insert himself into that, it's going to be really interesting. We previewed the wide receiver position. I made my guesses kind of of who might stand out, but I don't know. Outside of the, the surest thing with the wide receiver core is DJ Matthews if he's healthy, and we don't even know if he's going to be healthy for week one. So you can't even really call that a sure thing. Outside of that, everything is up in the air. So McCauley took advantage of that and saw that there was an opportunity that probably isn't normally there for most programs. And most programs have kind of a a set hierarchy of guys uh, playing and departing and the next group coming up and playing and departing and so on and so forth that cycle, but because of the nature of what happened last season, everybody left. And so Macaulay saw that kind of vacuum of power of opportunity and jumped into it. And that's going to be his best shot to get on the field. And so it's really interesting to see uh, him take, take that opportunity, make that decision himself. And hopefully it leads to playing time and an immediate impact. We saw last season, even with how much McCauley struggled, you saw the moments, the flashes of why he was so highly recruited and why IU was pretty high on him. They wanted to redshirt him to give him another or give him some time to learn the position, but they were high on him and you could see why. So if he can kind of harness that potential put it into the wide receiver position and see some results, then that would be big. IU needs explosive playmakers. They need a lot of things next season. They don't have playmakers and Sean Shivers could be that any number of wide receivers could be that David Ellis could be that. We don't know, but I think McCauley has kind of that explosiveness, that big playability with his athleticism and length. And if he can step into that void and make an impact, that's huge for Indiana's offense because there's so, so, so many questions that they're going to have for next season. And if he's able to answer even one of them, 
that is a, a huge relief for IU. So it's going to be interesting to see heading into fall camp here in soon, a, month, uh, a couple of weeks, um, if he's able to establish himself. It's going to be really interesting to see that first two deep depth chart as well to see what that wide receiver position looks like heading into fall camp. Um, a lot of things up in the air with this offense, and McCauley's switch is right there in the center of it, I think, in, in trying to figure out uh, how this offense or what this offense looks like next season. couple Hoosiers, a couple names we just mentioned, in fact, are on award watch lists. Also, a couple uh, draftees for the MLB as well. So we'll dive into all of that and uh, who was drafted, who's on these watch lists and whatnot here in just one moment. So a couple Hoosiers were named to preseason watch lists, which um, doesn't doesn't mean a ton. Uh, Sean Shivers was named to the Doak Walker award watch list. That's given to the top running back in the country. Um, Michigan state's Kenneth Walker is the reigning champion. Now on paper, that sounds really awesome. Then you look at the watch watch list and there are 60, 70 names on there. So if you are a functioning Running back, you probably earned a name or a spot on that, especially if you're a power five running back. So uh, it's cool that he's on there. It's recognition, but uh, it's probably not going to be much more than that. They narrow the list down in the season to, I believe, 10 names and then eventually down to three names and vote on it. I mean, you're you're looking at Braylon Allen, Travion Henderson, both Big Ten guys at Wisconsin and Ohio State respectively that are probably two of the favorites so um shivers is an interesting person i mean interesting player that comes to indiana looking for a bigger opportunity and we've seen that work in the past potentially but he's gonna have to stay on the field stay healthy prove he can be a three down back again among the many questions with iu football is I I think Shivers is probably going to be the number one running back, but can he establish himself? Is he a three down back? Is he able to stay on the field uh, in every situation? That's going to be a, another big question. Jack Tuttle was named to the American Football Coaches Association Good Works team. Uh, that honors 22 leaders and community champions from around college football's five subdivisions. So, uh, less to do necessarily with on-field performance uh, and more to do with um, who he is as a leader. He's been a part of some of these types of awards in the past. So uh, shout out to him. It, it doesn't lessen the award at all because it's uh, an off-the-field award. Uh, in some ways, it's better. It, it, it is more about the person Jack Tuttle is. So shout out to him. Switching gears to baseball. Kyle Schwarber was in the home run derby, did not advance. Um, he lost in the first round. There was some controversy about uh, his – he didn't have his home run counted. I, I didn't watch the home run derby, to be completely honest. Um, was still recovering from COVID. But it was awesome to see him in it. I saw some of the highlights, and he's been absolutely mashing baseballs this season. 
So that's, that was a ton of fun to watch in that regard. Uh, and on that note, three different players were drafted. Three Hoosiers were drafted in the baseball draft. Uh, obviously a million rounds in that one, but it was actually three pitchers that were drafted. We didn't cover IU baseball much this year. I, I had intentions to, but uh, they really, really, really struggled. And so the more they struggled and the more exciting it was to cover IU basketball recruiting, we just never made it happen. What I can tell you is the the pitching was where a lot of the struggles came, which is why it's a little surprising that three pitchers were drafted. Um, obviously, they can return, obviously, with so many rounds. Um, a lot of people are drafted, but Jack Perkins was a fifth-round draft pick by the Oakland A's. Uh, if you're a fifth-round draft pick, you're probably leaving. Um, and I don't know the eligibility um, or what eligibility these guys may have anyway. So they may not be able to come back. But Jack Perkins, a fifth-round selection to the A's. Bradley Brimmer was a 12th-round selection to the Orioles. Reese Sharp was a 20th-round selection to the Orioles as well. Those were the uh, – those three make it 103 Hoosiers drafted all-time. Uh, so they clear the, they're clear of the century mark. Uh, they hit that last year. But um, for a program not known for baseball, it's pretty cool to see that many guys drafted. Um, again, I, I don't necessarily know what uh, the future holds for these three guys. Um, hopefully next season, with how young the team was, they're able to kind of build moving forward, but Still always cool to see players drafted, whether it's NBA, NFL, WNBA. Uh, we've covered all those in, in the last year or MLB. So uh, a fun thing to monitor. We'll let you know if those guys stay with the teams that drafted them or return to IU. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to catch up on some IU basketball recruiting news. Uh, try to fill you in on everything there. Now, know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Everyday host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. I'm on today's episode. If that entices you guys at all to go listen to it. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already, at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a quick rating and review while you're over there. Most importantly, though, guys, I want everybody listening to have a terrific, terrific Thursday in LEO.